Hi there, skating fans. Welcome to another edition of the Skate Canada Alumni Podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the Skate Canada Alumni Podcast. This is the March 2019 edition. I'm Alex Kilby, and today it's my pleasure to introduce you to two individuals recently inducted into the Skate Canada Hall of Fame at Nationals in St. John, New Brunswick. That's Jose Picard and Eric Gillies. Alumni Chair Debbie Wilkes visited with them recently to discuss their success as coaches and to discover that some of their greatest long-term achievements were actually off the ice. Here's Debbie, along with new Hall of Famers, Jose Picard and Eric Gillies. Hi, Jose and Eric. Thanks so much for being with us this morning. I must say that uh, fresh off the national championships in St. John, one of the highlights for me was watching your Hall of Fame induction. How did you both feel that day? Jose, you first. Hi, Debbie and Eric. Both nice to chat with you this morning. Um, Actually, it was... uh, for me very emotional and it was at the same time a lot of uh, fun to get to see and re-meet a whole bunch of people that I hadn't seen for a long time so it was a special day. It is a, a wonderful occasion when the alumni can get together at events. I totally agree. Eric, how were you feeling that day during the induction? Well, it was it was a huge rush of memories and uh, added to it, meeting so many friends and and uh, the competition all going on at the same time. It was really a very special day. Well, let's go back to why I think um, this honor of being inducted into the Hall of Fame, well, you were such worthy recipients of that. But I think we need to explain to our audience the kind of journey that you were on. You were both competitors. Maybe let's go back to the start of your skating careers and uh, talk a little bit about your experiences before you became coaches, certainly as competitors as well. Jose, do you want to lead us off? Um, Basically, um, when we were younger, uh, we used to skate in summer schools uh, back when I was like maybe 10 years old and Eric was not that much older and we used to all meet at uh, this summer school in um, Schumacher and basically that's where Eric and I met. Uh, From then on, uh, we kept skating and following our coach uh, like uh, during different summer school, whether it was uh, in Hull, Quebec, where there was the first summer school that was given there. And then after that, we went to New Brunswick and I got the chance to live with Eric's parents in that house for the summer. So basically our story goes back a long ways. You know, I mean, we've known each other forever. So basically, that's how it all started. Jose, what was your hometown? My hometown was Gatineau, so just beside the uh, Ottawa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And Eric, you're from New Brunswick. How did your skating career begin? Well, it's a funny story that I often tell that uh, one of my aunts took me to see a skating show when I was seven. And I uh, was quite taken with the cowboy outfit with the fringes on the pants and the double (laughs) guns and the hat and everything. And for two years, I talked and talked and talked. And finally, after two years of talking, my aunt signed me up in figure skating when I was nine. And that was the start of everything. And I never did get the cowboy costume. (laughs) It's never too late. You know, it's funny, that that was my experience, too. My parents took me to see Ice Capades, and uh, this was in Toronto. And I, I was so enchanted with the magic of the show. But the thing that I was focused on was what I thought were zippered skates when they were uh-huh. just covers. But to me, in my mind, I think I was maybe five. And mm-hmm. that was inspiration for me, too. And so tell us a little bit more about your competitive careers, Jose. Um, I was a single skater, and uh, I skated uh, not till I was very old, actually. I was like 14 years old when I had to quit skating. Um, I skated at the first at the Hall uh, wind, like Club, and then after that I skated at the Minto Skating Club. So basically, my competitive career wasn't very long. Is it uh, a part of your story why you you quit skating? Um, no, uh, the reason why I quit skating was for family matters, and uh, I had no choice but to quit skating. But back then, I I really loved skating, and I didn't want to quit skating, and. Basically, it was something that was like, in a way, taken away, but mm-hmm. that I that I really loved and I wanted to keep going. So, when the chance came for me to start coaching when I was 16 years old, I sort of got back into it um, in order to help uh, me through university. Yes, and where was this? Was this also in Hull? Yes, I went to the. I started coaching actually in Gatineau, and um, going while I was going to university in Ottawa. So I was teaching in the region, like in the Ottawa region, basically. Mm-hmm. And and what did you study at university? Was it something that really helped um, promote your coaching career? Um, I'm not sure. I studied actually social communications. I wanted to to go in sports and journalist or you know something regarding that that domain. But I guess you know the coaching, doing the coaching at the same time. I guess you know the passion for skating was like stronger than the passion for going into journalism. So I ended up just keeping coaching. But if you think about it, I mean, the whole, uh, the whole reason a coach is successful is because they can communicate well. So maybe it's not that big a, a leap from what you studied to what you've eventually accomplished in the coaching world. No, I guess you're right. Sure. Eric, what about you? Uh, well, I guess uh, the, the 
the order of things would be the winning of juniors in 74 right here in Moncton when we had the Canadian Championships here. I was training in Toronto, but uh, came home to, to win the junior title. Uh, Olympics in 76 in Innsbruck and the senior title in 77. And this is so with her dance partner, Susan Karskallen. Susan Karskallen, yes. Yes. Do you stay in touch? I haven't had a chance to talk with Susan in a number of years, but uh, we did stay in touch uh, quite a while, but I uh, haven't in the last past few years. How did Next you do that get... way, I'll look for her. Yeah. Maybe she'll come to the alumni program. That'd be perhaps, good. Perhaps, mm-hmm. yes. How did you two get teamed up? Susan and I, okay. Uh, I had uh, trained in Edmonton for a number of years with several different partners and uh, had just started a new partnership with a girl from Toronto and had come down with her for the first National Training Center, which was a great thing because it was three weeks of knock them down, drag them out. Uh, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, but it was decided at that uh, seminar that uh, the team wasn't going to work. And Gene Westwood came to me one day and said, they're doing a tryout on the other side of the ice because there was two ice surfaces. And she said, there's a girl there that might be good for you. And uh, I went over and did the tryout, and that's how Susan and I got together. Uh, That's a great story. Gene has been so instrumental in so many fantastic partnerships and in fact has been featured on the blog for the last couple of months. So, you know, there is her her magical eye once again. Oh, she's she's been terrific and so influential on so many things. Even uh like Susan and I getting together was she was instrumental in that and then uh, when Victor came to uh Jose and I it was by uh her uh, her recommendation to Victor. So yeah, she was six- even involved in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely amazing sense of what's going to work. How did you get involved in dance from the very beginning? Well, um, of course, we grew up in a different era than things are right now. In those days, you did 45-minute uh, dance sessions every day, so you, you got a, a stronger grounding in the dance. Um, and... Uh, the first competition I did down here in the Atlantic, I competed in, in dance, free skating, and pair. And uh, so the, that background was there. And then when I was in uh, starting grade 11 in school, uh, I had a motorcycle accident, broke two bones in my ankle. And uh, that was pretty much the end of my free skating days. I had I was qualified to compete in senior men, but never got a chance to use it. And uh, luckily, I did enjoy the dance enough and found a partner and got into it. Uh, uh, that's basically the, the reason I went in that direction rather than free skating. It turns out it was pretty successful. <laughs> yeah, I certainly can't complain. For sure. What was the highlight of your competitive career? Was there one? Oh, there were so many. I think uh, having the chance to come home and win the junior title here in Moncton was was definitely one. Uh, And a fun thing about that year was that uh, Susan and I had chosen a music that was uh, played by an orchestra, a harmonica orchestra, 
and uh, it was based on a train sound. And of course, in those days, Moncton was a train city. And my dad worked for the railway. So it all went over so well, the audience went crazy for it. And uh, we had a great time with it. So that was a highlight. I think uh, Olympics was probably the next big thing. Uh, I remember the first morning at Olympics, uh, after arriving in the middle of the night and, and finally waking up in, in the Olympic Village and looking out in the sky, I, it was gray, terribly gray. And I'm thinking, oh, it's a rainy day. How miserable the first day here and it's miserable. So I went back to sleep and woke up again, still gray outside. Did that two or three times, finally got up and looked out the window. And I was looking at the side of the mountain the whole time thinking it was a gray rainy day, but it was really sunny. <laughs> and this was Innsbruck, right? Yes, Innsbruck. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful city beautiful city. Um, Jose, uh, turning the spotlight back to some of your adventures, I'd, I'd love to talk more about what you referred to as your passion for skating. What, what is it about the sport uh, that, that makes you, that allowed you to be so committed that you saw such a future for yourself? Um, I think it was just the the joy of working with kids basically and also the the joy of with every student trying to make them accomplish and be the best that they could be no matter what level that was. I mean, I found great uh inspiration and just working every day just to to achieve or help the kids achieve the a goal that they had set for themselves so i think that was like what kept me in the sport for so long was just you know being part of somebody's accomplishments and being part of helping them realize their dream or their goal. And is that, uh, I would assume, the basis of then what you and Eric went on to create as far as your schools were concerned and the vision that you both had for what skaters needed, not just on the ice, but off the ice. Am I right there? Um, y- yes, because, I mean, we, um, when we started working together, you know, we, we started working as a team. And back then, there wasn't that many team teams of coaches that worked together. So we started working here in Quebec, and we were like, probably the only team of coach working together so to start with that was unusual and then once we started you know from the ground up because we started with beginners at from the start and then we started to look and see okay what do we need to do in order to achieve you know different goals and somehow the goals got bigger and bigger and you know we tried to you know seek all the help that we could in order to achieve bigger things especially for the province of Quebec because back then there wasn't that many 
skaters that had achieved really high goals, you know, just a few. So that was part of, I guess, the beginning. Well, and I want to talk about where that went. But first of all, uh, I'm dying to know how you two got together to join forces to create this uh, this idea that you had about team coaching and where to take it. How did that happen? Well, maybe, Eric, you can answer. Well, we uh, we hadn't uh, run into each other for a number of years, and uh, she brought some kids down to Montreal for a competition, and uh, we started chatting again. Uh, she came up to me. She said, I don't know whether you remember, and I said, how are you doing, Jose? So uh, she was quite surprised that I remembered her, uh, but uh, she uh, she was quite a fun person. Uh, one of the things while you were talking there that I thought of uh, that I've always remembered about Jose, uh, a big part of her energy I always thought was because she wasn't able to uh, keep her career going and compete and, and accomplish herself there, and that was a huge driving energy for her. And also for me, uh, as a coach, to uh, get ahead and succeed and take kids as far as we could. And I think that was part of why we also enjoyed working with kids and helping them through their difficulties, because uh, we didn't want other kids to have some of the difficulties that we had along the way. Sure. Do you remember the conversation where you decided to join forces? Oh. I guess Jose would be the one to answer that one because there was lots of conversations. <laughs> what do you? <laughs> I I don't remember any specific conversations, but I mean, after meeting that time, and you know, Eric uh, was like starting to teach basically uh, in Montreal, and I was already teaching in. Uh, in Ottawa region, I mean, we just clicked and we started going out together. And at the same time, we started basically wanting to spend more time together. So we decided that it was best for me maybe to move to Montreal. So I packed up my stuff and I moved uh, to Montreal and we first... uh, you know, rented a house and got all organized and tried to see where the the clubs that Eric was already working in a club on the south shore of Montreal. And we started looking at different clubs where we could teach. So we rented a house in Bromont in the eastern townships because it was sort of like in the middle of all the clubs where we were teaching because we ended up teaching back then in St. Hyacinthe and in Magog and, you know, all over the place. So we had to be in a place in the middle where we could get to everywhere without not more than an hour drive, basically. So something more central. Mm-hmm. And, and then talk us through how it actually started. I, I want to get to the the part where um, you started to initiate how to schedule skaters with their training and with school. Where did that idea come from and how did it happen? 
Well, it uh, it was an idea that we got going. Uh, the first people that we had involved with there were, there were three three kids that we had involved in the beginning. Uh, we uh, got Gilbrasal to reorganize his whole basement to look like a classroom of, at a school. We had the chalkboards up, the bed desks, uh, everything just like a school. And uh, we had a private instructors come in for uh, Isabel and her first partner, Pascal Korshine. And there was another girl, uh, I'm going to forget her name right now, Josie. What was her name? Marie David. Yes, that's right. Uh, and the three of them started the, the program off together. And uh, they, the, the arrangement that we made with the school boards was that the kids would have to do their exams uh, with everybody else in the school. And I'm sure they thought that uh, the results were not going to be so good, so they'd be rid of the, the idea. But instead, everybody's marks were better than they had been prior to that. So uh, obviously there was something to do with uh, having to be intense because you didn't have as much time to do the schoolwork. Uh, so you had to do it and you had to do it well and you had to stay tuned and focused, uh, which works well for an athlete because that's the way sport is. And uh, that's uh, where we started. The next year there was six or eight. Uh, the year after there was 19 to 23, somewhere there. And it just, blossom from there and uh, initially like I said we were in the basement at Gilbert Salles uh, then we were in uh, we moved into the arena at uh, Boucherville and we had the classes in a back room uh, in the upstairs part of the arena uh, grew out of that very quickly that lasted uh, one or two seasons and then we were back into the school next door uh, to make it easier for the teachers uh, and for us. And it grew uh, the next year. Like I said there, I think there was 36, and then you couldn't keep count. We ended up with, uh, we had 14 different sports involved at one point, and now I believe it's gone up to uh, somewhere in the 30s, the number of sports that are involved in it. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall when you first approached the school board about what they probably thought was some kind of crazy idea. How did you, how did you get them to approve that? Something so new. Hmm. Well, Jordan, basically, <laughs> basically, uh, every each kid had to go to their own principal and and try to organize, uh, you know, the time that they could be off school or whatever to skate so that's how it first started it was always in a promise that the kids would do well in school and if they didn't do well well they were going to go have to go back to school full-time it started with few hours and then more hours and more hours and then like eric said uh, we went to Basically, the rink in Boucherville, that's when we moved to the rink in Boucherville to try to centralize all our students together because more and more kids wanted to be involved. And as the kids got involved, it meant that uh, many students from different regions of Quebec had to move in order to do this schooling and everything. So basically what happened actually was that because the government had to pay a certain uh, amount or 
a fee for each kid because they weren't using uh, the bus at their in their region to go to school or weren't using the facilities that money that the government used to fund for each kid then you know they had to fund in order for the kids to help pay like for room and board or something because it was a service that wasn't offered anywhere else so basically that's how we became the first sports study program in Quebec and in all of Canada and it started with the figure skating and then eventually uh, different sports wanted to join in and different people wanted to do it so the government basically took took it over because it was cheaper for them to hold the programs themselves than to have uh, to pay out to every single person that wanted to join this program. For sure. What an accomplishment. And I mean, the little, the probably tiny germ of an idea that you both had um, became something so successful and became a model for uh, schools and training programs across the country. Congratulations. That's really a, a phenomenal accomplishment and uh, what an amazing contribution to sport in general, but certainly to figure skating in particular. Um, do you look back on those decisions as difficult as it must have been in the very beginning? Uh, do you look back on it with uh, pride and a feeling of accomplishment, Eric? How do you feel about it? Uh, well, it, it yes, it uh, the pleasure involved looking back and realizing how many people were affected by an an initial effort of of three people, of three athletes, uh, blowing up. At one point, there was 180 schools in the province of Quebec that had sports study programs. Uh, and I was looking the other day at uh, Canada Games on TV and looking at the medal count. And this is, I'm sure, one of the big reasons why the medal count for Quebec is so high at competitions and things, because they have such a phenomenal backup. Coaches get the opportunity to be better coaches because they're working more regularly on on their metier, their their way of, of coaching. Uh, and, yes. and, and the skaters, you know, it's not just the skaters that have more time, the coaches have more time. Uh, it's a place where judges were coming in and, and seeing a higher level of skating than they were accustomed to seeing on a, on, on a bigger basis because so many great skaters were being developed at all at the same time. Uh, everybody was developing and, and not, the opportunity was phenomenal for everybody. And I think, too, about how uh, back in in those days, um, schooling often took a back seat and often disappeared, uh, or education disappeared from uh, an elite skater's uh, day of activity. And so for you and Jose to have put such uh, such importance on education, I think has such long-term benefits too, and I'm sure you'd agree that it the was always thing. one of my it was always yeah. one of my desires that nobody would have to quit skating to to quit school to skate. Yes, and uh, I think that was a big thing uh, that these opportunities uh, gave to so many people. Well, and and knowing you both as well as I do, I understand 
that your goals as, as coaches, um, it wasn't just to make champions out of your skaters. It was to make them better people and prepare mm-hmm. them for the long term of life. Uh, I'm sure I have that right, Jose. Yes, well, I think that also what is great about this accomplishment in a way is because, you know, we were able to include uh, sports and study together. And looking at it now, I mean, it's a good thing that that system was started because, you know, it's been a while now that more and more the schools take out the the gymnastics and the activities out of school and more and more it's a good thing that they have you know not just school or not just sports but both together so thanks to this program you know the people can succeed and and being healthy mentally and physically by being able to do both things that they enjoy yeah it's uh it it really shone a light on the importance of education and how those two activities, sport and education, can survive together, not only survive together, but complement one another. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a tremendous accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Um, looking further into uh, both of your successful careers as coaches, do you each have a a particular student or a particular program or a particular title that you hold most dear? Jose, do you? Um, I mean, there are many. You know, we had the chance to, you know, work with so many great kids and so many great athletes, uh, you know, whether it be in pairs or in dance or in free skating so it's hard to uh, you know to pick one think <laughs> of one pick one because yeah. there was so many gro- great moments i mean we did go to olympics with pairs and with dancers at the same time so you know there, there was many great people and i mean i'm just you know happy to have been part and to have have had the chance to know so many great kids and to live so many people's dream, you know, at the same time. World titles, uh, Olympic medals, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Eric, what about you? Well, you know, the, the, the world titles and the Olympic medals and, and, and uh, the kids that made it at the top, they were exciting. And those are the easy answers. I mean, if you weren't excited about that, you were probably dead. Uh, that it's, it's funny, you know, when, when you work with as many kids as we did, uh, not all of them were those few at the top. And when you had somebody even in the, in, at a, a different level, go into a competition and skate to their ability and sometimes more than their ability, it was just as exciting as the big events do. So there was, can, there was a lot of there was a lot of excitement. Yeah, I can understand. You had fantastic careers, uh, and continue to have amazing careers. Jose, you're uh, back teaching at a very high level once again. Um, what are the what are the kind of lessons that you've learned 
that you're bringing forward to teaching today? Well, actually, um, I was back at teaching up until last Olympics, and now I'm, you know, uh, I I think I've decided, you know, to just take a back seat and not and not teach at a, such a high level so much anymore, and just go back to the ground roots and you know help the development of skating. I'm here in South Shore of Montreal, the mentor coach to help other coaches develop and to for the development of the younger ones. And then I'm going also to uh, help, uh, again, the province of Newfoundland in finding and developing their skating and helping their coaches. So basically, you know, that's what I'm going and doing now is just going back to what I enjoyed from the beginning was to take something from the beginning and make it grow and give it a push and help it along in order to develop something great. So basically that's where I'm at right now. It sounds like a a generous pay it forward kind of plan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Eric, where are you these days? I'm back home in Moncton, New Brunswick, uh, and I'm just sort of dabbling a little bit with the figure skating. I I work only a few hours a week, but it gives me time to do a lot of the things that I didn't have time to do earlier in my life. Uh, I like to go camping. I have uh, have a couple of motorcycles that I like to play with. Uh, I have an old car that I enjoy trying to keep running as long as I can for the pleasure of it. all kinds of things that uh, time just didn't allow you to do. What's the old car? Tell us more about that. I have a 91 Corolla. Oh, my. uh, It keeps going and going and going. Uh, You have to work at it all the time. But if you enjoy doing that kind of thing, then it's worth it. If if not, well, you better get a new car. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Are there any things you would have done differently? looking back on your skating careers? Oh, I'm not sure about differently. I think perhaps you could say there there's always things that you could have done more of. Um, but, you know, you, you look back and you say, well, you know, if I had a stayed longer at this or if I had it done it this way, if I had it done it that way, things would have been better. I would have accomplished more. But so many things afterwards relied on the fact that you didn't go in that direction and you put the time in a new direction and you accomplish things in that direction. So it, I, I don't know as I would change anything. I think Sometimes it's the, the surprises that can be most rewarding. The things that you didn't anticipate or didn't aim for are yeah. often providing the, the best rewards. Jose, what about you? Um, it's hard to say because, you know, you can always look back because now you have the experience and you have the older age to think, okay, now you're wiser and you know this more. But, you know, uh, what was great is that we went with no experience and no, you know, nothing and 
we just kept moving ahead and wanting more and had a vision. And I think that, you know, the vision took us where it did and we did the best that we could do with the knowledge and, and, you know, the talent and the capacity that we had. So no, I don't have any regrets. I mean, we did great. I think. I would totally agree. You were, you had groundbreaking ideas. You trailblazed a new kind of culture for sport and in particular for figure skating. And along the way, you accomplished so much. And uh, certainly it is uh, an honor uh, for Skate Canada to have inducted you both into the Hall of Fame. So congratulations for that accomplishment and uh, certainly for the recognition that you received around those successes. It's been wonderful talking to you today. Thank you both so much. Thank you very much, Debbie. It was great chatting with you again. Thanks a lot, Debbie. Always great fun chatting with you. There's always so many short stories to share. There are indeed, and I'm sure we'll have more as the years progress. Thanks so much, Jay Picard and Eric Gillies. Have a great day. So thanks very much to Jose and Eric for taking the time today to share their stories with the entire Skate Canada alumni family and the wider audience that we have listening to our podcast as a podcast listener we'd invite you to subscribe to the show Um, that way you'll never miss an episode each time we release a new episode we'll automatically deliver it to your device whether that's your iphone your android phone your desktop computer or however else you listen to our podcast or your other podcast just head over to the itunes podcast directory to google play music any of your podcasting directories and search for skate canada alumni podcast go ahead and hit subscribe and you can make sure that you never miss another episode we'd also like to invite you to visit our alumni website it's an alumni blog at alumni.skatecanada.ca in just a few days you'll actually see a few features get released along with um, another sort of mention of this this podcast episode and you'll see some of our regular features like the alumni spotlight and we have other features from the archives we have around the rink and we have our from the archives this the this month with our post we have a feature in a 1982 children's magazine called crackers um, with tracy wayman so i invite you to check that out again that's at alumni.skatecanada.ca and uh, please continue to join us for uh, the continuing stories that we are able to tell through the medium of this podcast we hope you've enjoyed today's show and we'll see you again next month thanks again from skate canada and from the alumni committee